Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Tara Humphrey. I run an award-winning healthcare consultancy specialising in supporting primary care networks. I'm a facilitator. I am a mum of three. I have an MBA and I would class myself as a bit of an adventurer. And I absolutely love all things business, all things leadership, all things management. So I created this podcast for clinical and non-clinical colleagues working in the field of health and care and for those of you looking to develop your leadership skills. Every week we release an episode which focuses on the hard and soft skills required to lead in this increasingly complex environment as we move to delivering more integrated care. So let's jump into this week's episode. Hey, and welcome back to our Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So this podcast was inspired by a guy called Esh. Esh has got a podcast called Health Beyond Tomorrow. And I went on his podcast and I this wouldn't have been his intention, but I really felt like I got given a kick up the bum in regards to how I approach and create content. And that conversation has really inspired me to share my approach to creating content in the healthcare space and is it important and just my general approach because I think it may be interesting to some of you who are thinking about it or currently in that phase of creating it. So just to give you a little bit of background, I run a healthcare consultancy called THC Primary Care and at the time of recording we have been in business for over eight and a half years. And very early on, I created a blog. Now, the blog in the very early stages was crap. I've written probably about 500 blogs, but at one point I just did a cull because some of them were shocking and embarrassingly bad. But you've got to start somewhere, right? So I always love writing. I would love to write a book. And I remember saying to my sister, like, do you think I should start a blog? I'm not sure if people will read it. And my sister said to me, are you telling me that healthcare professionals don't read? And I remember thinking, I remember saying to her, no, (laughs) they don't read. Now, again, at the time of recording and just for this year, just for 2023, we are currently in November and our website has achieved 102,000 views and 69,000 of those are on the blog. I never like sharing our views and download numbers because it always feels like not good enough. So actually one reflection is that no matter how many views or downloads you get of your content, there's always somebody that's done more and it's really easy to compare yourself in a negative way. But one of the things my marketing manager Sophie did for us was in terms of stadium capacity. So in 2019, we had 1,571 views on the website and that would fill the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury. Then in 2020, we had 22,849 views. That would fill the AO Arena in Manchester. They've got a capacity of 21,000. Sometimes when you think the figures aren't enough, if you were to stand in the room 
of 100,000 people or 10 people. 10 people would be amazing. You know, like to go into a room to find 10 people that didn't know you, that consumed your content and loved it is is absolutely great. So sometimes don't focus on the numbers. And because of my mentality around the numbers, I don't like to place too much emphasis on them because they fluctuate. They go up and down, up and down based on what we create. So that's a little bit of history. We've been going for eight years. We started with the blog and then four years ago, we created the Business of Healthcare podcast. Now the podcast, the intention for the podcast was I will turn some of my blogs into podcasts and we'll just see how it goes. And I genuinely thought I would do about 10. No one would listen and I would stop. I never had any great ambitions for the podcast. At the time of recording, we have just published episode 276. I had no, 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 no ambitions, thoughts that we, I would ever keep going for this long. I think one of the reasons why the podcast has been going for so long is just because I love it. I really do love it. I'm always thinking about how I could improve. And after speaking with Esh and listening to the Health Tech Pigeon podcast and the Health Tech podcast and just general podcasts, listening to the show and format, and I've tried to do things differently. But what feels comfortable and authentic to me is to not overscript it, to have informal conversations with amazing people and to write about what I know. And my style on the blog is very, it's concise, practical, top tips. The Our audience loves that. On the podcast, It's informal conversations with other amazing people and just my own takes kind of thrown in there. But it's super chill. It's not overproduced. I'm not quoting other people or anything like that. I'm just bringing what I know to the table and hopefully letting my guests shine. Sometimes I might get a little bit too chatty, but that's that's me and that's the style and I really enjoy doing that and I think that if you're going to create content you have to enjoy it because it's hard work like I love it I absolutely love it but we have a weekly newsletter a weekly blog a weekly podcast daily social media it is an amazing monster (laughs) like once you get on it you just want to keep going, just want to improve. But it is a lot. And I think that I do consider myself a content creator. I have got a business and I create lots of content. And I I'm, I like that term. I think that I fall into that camp and category. But how important is it? Now, every so often, I think, do I need social media? Do I need to create content? I know loads of people that are like me that do not have a social media presence at all and are killing it. They have their internal network, their word of mouth spreads. Some of them don't even have a website. Do you? Ne- and I always think, Tara, do you need it? You're spending a lot of time, a lot of money on creating this. And when I say a lot of money, I mean time. I do have support, so I don't do it all by myself. And I've always had support. I currently work with Sophie. We've had help editing on the podcast. I used to work with a lady called Katie. Because I run a business which has got employees, I need 
I need help. So I'm not a solo entrepreneur. I have always had a team. So I have to divide and conquer and, you know, delegate the things that can be delegated. I create the content, I write the blogs, I record the podcast, and then I hand it over to other people that are so much better than me. So that's what I mean about time. But every so often I think, is this a good use of my time? And every time I think that, I think, Tara, don't be lazy. The internet is an amazing tool and opportunity for me to get in front of people that I would never get in front of if it wasn't for this platform. And you need to put the effort in. Don't be lazy. So I think it's it's a fantastic tool. And I would not be eight years into my business in this position if I didn't utilize the internet. And a lot of these tools are free. I upload my podcast onto Libsyn for a pittance, but it goes on all of the podcast platforms for free. So it would feel crazy for me now to go, do you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be old school. I'm going to send out flyers and just email people. It just, it feels like a missed opportunity for me to go back. But in order to be great at this, and I'm not great, (laughs) I can't be honest, you have to study it. You have to know the platforms. You have to be on the platforms. You have to be a consumer of the platforms. It's no longer just good enough to just, you know, like, what's the word? Just throw your content out onto each platform and expect people to follow and consistently follow. Like they won't. So it's an amazing opportunity. And I think pick your poison, pick what you think you can be sustainable at. Do it because you love it. Always pivot and listen to look at the feedback. The data is helpful. Look at the data from what does my audience like versus how many people are following me compared to X, Y, and Z. And I think I should get more, or why is this piece of content not performing? And one of the things we I talk about in the business, especially when it comes to the blog, is that it's fascinating and undeniable what is a good piece of content. And on the blog, it's not like an algorithm. I will write the blog and I will put it in certain places. And if the audience likes it, it's like, you know, like, it's like a train. (laughs) My analogies are so crap. (laughs) It's like a juggernaut. Like some pieces of content have had thousands and thousands of views because it's good. It's helpful and people share it. Some blogs have tanked. And when I've gone back and had a look at it, really honoured, take, take my ego out. It's not clear. It's not timely. I've not tested it. It's just maybe my own thought. And nobody else has had that thought or no one else has had that question. It's not answering a question. It's not addressing a pain point. And the blogs that do do well are timely, are detailed, do address a pain point, are clear on who the audience should be is practical, is easy to read, is easy to follow. And whilst that all sounds really obvious, and now I've found my flow in the blog, but every now and again we fall off, it sounds obvious. But when you are running a business, I've got three kids just day to day, and you want to keep up with your social media cadence and your content schedule, sometimes you can get a little bit lazy. 
And when we get a little bit lazy, you guys tell us and you tell us by either not reading or not listening. So if you take the emotion out of it, the data tells you what is working and what isn't working and just look at the data. But you have to look at it from a don't let your ego get too big when the numbers are really good. That's not the time to think, yeah, I've made it. You know, like you're only as good as your, well, not you're only as good as your last piece of content, but do you know what I mean? Don't get too big headed when one blog or one video or one podcast goes viral. We don't want, and well, you might want to, I think in healthcare, we don't want virality. We want consistency. We want to be positioned as a thought leader. We want to be that trusted voice, that trusted friend that knows our stuff and that you can keep you keep coming back to us and that it's not just we don't follow trends and flashes in the pan. We are, you know, like reporters of our niche and love our niche and love the love the content and love the field. So that is one thing I would would reflect on. Don't let it go to your head when the figures are good and don't let it go to your head when the figures are not great. Just take a step back really appraise the piece of content. And if you think I'm proud of it, uh, it was good. I still stand by it. And the lovely thing about the internet and on like when you're blogging and you're podcasting is that your podcast and your blog for us, those are our two main pieces of content and everything on the website has got room to breathe. It's not, and I don't know about TikTok, but it's not like Twitter where it's like, you know, like if you don't see it, you don't see it people come onto our website and they will search and LinkedIn has got a slower algorithm. So some people, sometimes we see people liking things. We, I forgot I even posted, we posted weeks ago and people, you know, like it still rises to the top, even though it didn't take off initially. So I think there is something about having a home for your content and it not all being on social media. That is what we have done. I don't think having everything on TikTok is necessarily wrong. It depends what you want, but I don't think there's any harm. I don't think you're hurting your content if you're always leading people back to your base. And for us, that is our website. And I love our website. And we're still on Wix. We're still like, I say old school, really big companies use Wix. And there was one point where I was like, I want a grown up site and really want to, you know, go all in. But Wix is just really easy to use. Some people love it. Some people hate it. It does the job for us. And we've got a lot of content. Like I'll say like our website, she's fat. Like, and she's getting fatter. (laughs) Just stuff it with content all of the time. And she can handle it. Every now and again, she slows down. But yeah, it's a good website for us. Wouldn't say we'd be on there forever. Our website is so so important to us and we do invest in it and that does take time and it does take money whether it's time or if we do go onto another website it's investing in that whole new infrastructure and the time to make sure we know how to manage it I would never have a managed website I don't want to have to go to somebody else and go well can you do that like I love the fact that I can just throw up a page or I created a template store the other day so people could you know buy digital downloads I love that Wix is so simple that you know like I was gonna say an hour later it wasn't an hour but a few (laughs) a few 
few hours later, I managed to do that because I know the site really well and it's just, it's so easy. So summary there, think about what you can sustain. Are you good at writing? Are you good at talking? Do you like video? Are you into short form? And what do you think that you can maintain? And I would say, start with once a week. And if you miss a week, it's not the end of the world. It really isn't. And that maybe once a week might be too much, but I think once a week feels like, that feels like a good, a good cadence. We do one once a week, every now and again, we're feeling a little bit like we've got the energy. We did a partnership with Best Practice. We were churning out those podcasts like no tomorrow. Some podcasters do two, three a week. Hats off. I don't think I could do that all the time. But every now and again, we have a little bit of a, a little bit, bit of a push. And then we kind of go, we settle back. What we can promise. <laughs> can we promise? We, no, we, no, we do produce content weekly. Every now and again, we have a break. And that's okay. But I feel like I can have a break because, you know, like, it's not inconsistent. I'm not, I'm not inconsistent. I'm taking a planned break. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you proudly in partnership with 10,000 donors and their Gob for Good campaign. Gob for Good is all about getting as many people as possible to join the stem cell registry. Only 3% of the UK are registered to be stem cell donors and only 0.4% of the global population. If you or a loved one have the devastating news that you have been diagnosed with a blood cancer, the chances of you finding your blood stem cell match is significantly reduced if you have a minority ethnic heritage. It is really, really simple. All you need to do is click into the show notes or visit the Gob for Good website at gobforgood.com and get yourself signed up to the registry. You could one day receive that life-saving call or one day you may need that life-saving call. Now, let's jump back into this week's episode. And when it comes to blogging, there are other platforms. If you don't have it on your own website, I know there's Substack. There are blogging platforms where you can, you know, put your blog on that platform. I would just say explore. But if you like to write, write. And you have to share it. Don't write it and expect the world just to find it. It may, it may do, and you'll be very, very lucky, but you will have to say to people, hey, check out my blog. Hey, check out my podcast. Hey, check out my video. And you have to get comfortable with doing that. You have to, there's no point in creating the content and not promoting it. Creating the content is the easy bit and the fun bit. The hard bit is distributing it. It is a process of the initial idea, creating you know, like your first draft, rounds of edit, choosing where to put it and then distribute it and then following up if people have got comments and things like that, uh, looking at the feedback, looking at the data, thinking about SEO. It is a whole shebang and it's an amazing skill to acquire. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. And the beauty of all of this is that, yes, you can pay people to help you and you can do courses and you can just go onto YouTube and learn for free. But there is no getting around the investment in time to learn all of this. So just to recap, 
creating content has been amazing for our business. It has got me in front of people that I would never, ever, our paths would never cross if I didn't have a podcast or if I didn't have a blog. It just wouldn't. So I'm very, very grateful. It also attracts other opportunities for me to go on people's blog, podcasts and webinars and things like that. And one of the things I've done that I really want to share with you is that keep all of your media assets in one place. And for us, it's on our website. It's on the THC website and it just says featured in. Not all of them, but a lot of the webinars and podcasts that I've featured on and the blogs I've contributed to. It's like my digital CV, digital portfolio. If people are thinking, I want to hire Tara to speak, they can see me speak, they can hear me speak. And if they're thinking, I'd like Tara to write an article for us, can she do that? Alongside my 250 blogs, here is a blog that I wrote for the JDRF or, or this publication. So all of that, I've created a digital portfolio. It's called Featured In. So I don't want to lose that. Don't lose that. If you are, a, if you regulate, or even if you've only ever done it once, make sure you have got the link or ask for the video, ask for the recording. So you can use that to boost your position in your in your sector and enhance your personal brand. So creating content, either for yourself or for other people, definitely boosts your personal brand. It gives you that tiny bit more of an edge on somebody that does not have any digital footprint. So just to summarize there, if you don't create your own content, but you regularly feature on other people's blogs, podcasts, webinars, definitely keep those assets for your own portfolio. Okay, moving forwards. One question people ask is, why do you do it, Tara? Why do you create content? And I think I've already mentioned this. I think it's a great opportunity. I'd be missing out on many opportunities if I didn't put myself out there. But I genuinely like it. I will say, if I couldn't write the blog, I'd burst. <laughs> I would do my husband's head in. I'd be constantly sharing ideas. We don't work in the same, the same sector. I think I would just bore him silly. He'd probably divorce me. So it's my creative outlet. And I just like to share. When I very first started in my role as a primary care network manager, I knew how to manage a team, but I had no idea about primary care. I really just fell into it and luckily had a few people support me. But there was I was I was frantically Googling like what is a PCN, like what happens in general practice or what's this and what's that? And the answers weren't there at the time. And it just, yeah, I wanted to document my lessons learned and all of the mistakes I made for me. And also because I just thought there must be other people out here that either don't know the answer or would just <laughs> like I'd have a laugh looking at mine thinking, how does she not know that? So in some respects, I'm insecure. And in other respects, I really don't care. And I don't mind looking stupid. And I was having a conversation with Esh on his podcast around being like, how authentic do you want to be? And I was just like, I don't know how to be anything but me. And I don't feel to myself on my podcast, like it's my, I feel like this is my own podcast. I don't, I shouldn't have to feel to myself and I'm not saying anything so controversial. I don't, and I'm not censoring that. I generally just think I'm, there's nothing outrageous about what I'm saying. 
I might have to edit out a swear word. But other than that, I am being like what you see is what you get. Or I might be a little bit more quieter because sometimes I get a little bit of social anxiety (laughs) in like big groups. But once you get to know me, you'll think she's the same person. So I am like, this is just me and I'm happy. I'm happy to share and I generally want to help. And I believe I've created a little community of those of you that like listening to me waffle on. So yeah, that is, that is my view on that. Just a final few words, whether you are consider yourself a content creator, whether you are a business owner, whether you are a leader and you want to educate your audience, there is a place for it all. And you can make your own rules. You don't have to follow the formats of everybody else. You really, really don't. It's very tempting to. You just want to try to create on a consistent basis a piece of content which answers a question. And the question I am answering in this podcast is, what is the value of creating content in the healthcare space? It helps elevate my position as a thought leader in this space. Because of the podcast, we had a podcast collaboration with the Best Practice Conference, and I'm pleased to share that we're going to be working together again in 2024 in a slightly different capacity. But if I didn't have this podcast, that collaboration would never have taken place. I have had NHS executives come on the podcast. If I didn't have a house for them, why would they talk to me? We've had over 100,000 views of our website just this year. We're not even at the end of the year yet which is absolutely phenomenal. I employ a team and people find me because they read the blog, they've heard me speak, and then they're interested in our products and services and then want to work with us. And the other value of creating content is the amazing people you get to meet, not from not just the clients, but just fellow peers. It's definitely opened me up into a world of amazing fellow content creators, entrepreneurs that all approach their craft in a slightly different way. And it's great to observe and learn from them. So there's huge value. If I didn't have this in my life, I don't know what I, yeah, it would be really strange. I'd have a lot more time on my hands. (laughs) Definitely would have a lot more time, but yeah, it's a creative way to share. And just remember, creating content doesn't mean you need a regular blog or a podcast. You could be creating graphics and we are big fans of Canva and we create graphics all day long. Um, It may be that you guys have got a regular newsletter. It may be that you do want to be like a digital writer and focus on Twitter or Substack. Make your own rules. Try to make it consistent and try to build your portfolio. That would be my advice. But again, what do I know? Do what makes you feel good. Yeah. And the more content creators we have in healthcare, I think it's only a good thing. It's only a good thing. so much for joining us if you like what you hear I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review
I know many of you give us a shout out on social media, which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast. So please come and find us on Twitter at THC Primary Care, on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Just look for Tara Humphrey. And if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, please do. You get to hear more insights, more confessions, some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week. So click on join the newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode. 